Welcome to the Deep Light Podcast from Park City's Presbyterian Church. This is a space for community, healing, hope, and education around topics of rescue and growth. Our prayer for this series is that it illuminates a deeper understanding of struggles within and around us, as well as God's profound love and redemptive light in Jesus Christ. Hi, everyone. I'd like to welcome you to another episode of Deep Light. It's a ministry of Park City's Presbyterian Church. Uh, my name is Mark Davis. I serve as one of the pastors here. And it's a great privilege always to talk with friends about different topics that we think are important in the world in which we live in. And how does the gospel speak into these things? So we want to welcome you if you're watching or listening as we talk about what it means to cultivate the beauty of the heart. This is a series that we've been in uh, talking about just how our world is so consumed with physical beauty and body image and all those sorts of things. And maybe this is a stereotype, but a lot of people tend to get run towards that's just something women really struggle with, but it's not true. Today, we're going to talk about it from the perspective of men and how does it affect us and how do we view ourselves in light of what scripture says and focus on the things that are important versus things that aren't as important, etc. So we're glad that you've come along with us. You can always reach out to us at deeplight at pcpc.org. No matter what you're struggling with, we'd love to come and walk alongside you in any way that we can. So again, thanks for coming along. Uh, today we're going to begin, I'm going to ask these two, three guys if they'll just introduce themselves briefly, and then we're going to jump into the topic and just kind of share from our own hearts the challenges and struggles we have as it relates to this issue. So Drew, I'll start with you. Yes, uh, Drew Obenchain. Um, 31 years old and married uh, and have a little girl who's nine months old. What's, um, what's significant about that to me? <laughs> uh, married to Mark's uh, oldest daughter, Kara, and yes. Hattie is Mark's uh, first little granddaughter. And yeah. so, and she loves her papa a whole lot. That's my wonderful. name, papa. papa. And I got to see her yesterday, it was pretty sweet. Yeah, it was a sweet time. I love you too just as much, but <laughs> just so everybody knows, um, this is a sweet connection. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Tell us, tell them what you do. Yeah. So I, uh, I'm a strength trainer at this uh, gym called Corpus Performance. So physical therapy, functional training gym. Uh, so I get to train people for a living, which is fun. So and how often do you see me in that gym? Uh, every day. Six, <laughs> six a.m. Mark's there. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I've not been once. Um, but I'm not trying to deflect the importance of this topic or his calling. All right, John Paul. <laughs> oh man, my name is John Paul Schultz. I'm the director of young adults, and uh, I'm 41. And... Where, where are you, the director of young adults? You just said I'm the director of young adults. Still here at PCPC, and uh, it's been a joy being here for 10 years. Uh, I've gotten to know Drew, and obviously Mark. Uh, and I uh, got to start working out at Corpus Performance in October, um, and it's been a great time uh, working out at the gym, and uh, I'm so glad I'm here. Pete. Uh, my name is Pete Fitzsimmons, and I'm 33 years old. I worked here uh, a long time ago, and I have now work at the Covenant School of Dallas. Uh, teach PE there, coach soccer, baseball, and football, and so all things sports and, you know, kind of, it, ironic that the subject today is bodies and how we use it and how we view it. So excited to be here. Yeah, I'm really, really so grateful that the three of you would join me on this. And this has been an interesting series for me to do. We, we had a group of women, much like this talk, which was fantastic. I actually learned a lot. I was very encouraged by the, their perspective on things. Uh, interviewed a nutritionist and talked about just the realities of you know diet, body, all that kind of stuff. But I'm really interested because I think a lot of people, as I said at the introduction, tend to think of this just as an issue that women struggle with way more than men. I don't necessarily think that's true. 
they talk about it more perhaps, but I think deep down there are a lot of issues as it relates to image and stuff that men struggle with too. So John Paul, I wanna start with you. Talk about your heart for this subject because when, yeah. you, when you learned that we were doing this, you jumped on this yeah. and really were the one that encouraged this conversation to take place. Yeah, I remember Carol Ann called me, it was around spring break time I think, and she said, hey, what do you think about this idea? And I immediately just said I wanna do it because to your point, I don't think men get to talk about this enough mm-hmm. and, I, and I have thought about the struggles of what it means to honor God with your body and take care of your body in a culture that elevates your body so much and just looks at the body as the most important thing and do whatever you want with your body. And I have struggled with that personally um, over the course of my life. And so when Caroline called me, I said, I'm gonna think about this, but I do wanna do it. I don't know what it looks like though. Um, And of course you're so good at leading the time. And I was like, "I, I would love to do it with Mark. And I was meeting with this guy for lunch. And so I, he's pointing to Pete for those who are just listening. Yeah, sorry, podcast. Uh, Pete was uh, gonna get time with me at, uh, at, at Chipotle. And I said, let me run it by a few young adults and let me talk to him. And when I started talking to him, it just made so much sense that we gotta do it because he opened up and shared some things. I was like, that's exactly right. That's exactly what we are thinking about and not enough men talk about it. Mm-hmm. And so that just got me excited because I know that um, we are trying to redeem our bodies without the Redeemer most of the time. Um, and, and we are waiting and longing for the redemption of our bodies, but we do it without Jesus being our Redeemer. And so I think I just kept thinking about that idea, redemption of our bodies, buying back our bodies, doing it our own way, and the idolatry and all the things that come along with that. Like, I'm just, I'm excited to be here talking about it. So let's start there. You said something that's really interesting that a lot of people listening might be like, I know exactly what he means but other people might be going, what do you mean redeem our bodies and redeemer? So mm-hmm. unpack that. What do you mean by all that? Well, I think, at least personally, but I think everyone can relate to the fact that our bodies are broken, mm-hmm. that there's something wrong with our bodies and and we're constantly trying to make it right. So yeah. what are some of the things that are wrong with our bodies and why are these things wrong, these things wrong with our bodies? Well, right now I'm really sore from that workout yeah. uh, that Drew put me in this morning. I ran, <laughs> I ran four miles, I think. I don't know what else I did, I did a ton of things. I yeah. saw you guys, I was finishing my swim across White Rock <laughs> and I saw y'all just kind of looping. I was like, wow, they're really getting after really it. Yeah, White Rock Lake is really active in right now. <laughs> It's a great place to swim. So your body's sore. Body is so sore. Mm-hmm. And as I get older, going into my 40s, it's getting more sore. And I can't do the things I wanted to do. So just, just the fact that it's broken in that way mm-hmm. um, is, is evidence that, like, man, like something's not right. Mm-hmm. And we want to make it right and do all we can to make it right. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's a great example. Yeah. So that's just the physical side of it. Yes. Then you have the reality of how people view the body in terms of physical appearance and just the intense value our culture's placed on that, not just recently, of course. So anyway, I wanna make sure people understood what we mean by the redeemer and the redeemed, because that's how we have to see it, or we're always gonna see it wrongly. So you guys were at Chipotle. Tell me about that conversation, if you're willing to. Yeah, um, I think initially uh, you approach something like that, and even just the way I view working out or the things that I get to do or be a part of. And initially a lot of it is like good things Mm -hmm. that anybody seeing or hearing and understanding what I'm doing is like, okay, those are really good things. Mm -hmm. And I think where we got to was at the end of the day, where's the heart? And also what is like, why why are we doing the things that we're doing? Mm -hmm. And so for me, working out's a great thing. And I wanna do that so I can coach well and be active and 
kids someday. I want to be a part of that and be able to give physically to pour into them in any way. Mm -hmm. I feel like when you're physically healthy, you're able to do that. And I want to prolong that as long as possible. So anybody's like, oh, yeah, that's a great reason to work out. But then also I would be lying to say, like, well, I'm getting older, so I'm 33. I'm not trying to get washboard abs anymore, but I'm like, man, I think I want my chest bigger than my belly kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So you're like, well, let's hit chest really hard so that back can stay big. Mm -hmm. So then it looks like, okay, like you're taking care of yourself and things like that. And so it's this constant battle, I think, of I don't necessarily struggle with like day in, day out thoughts of about my body negatively like some people do. Mm -hmm. And I'm well aware of that. But also I'd be lying to say that that's not ever a thought throughout really ever mm -hmm. like in high school before I worked out it's like oh I wish I looked like that well then you start working out and you're like oh this is awesome you start looking a certain way like you feel great and all that and then all of a sudden you start getting attention in a different way and so there's just a constant check that you have to have and be real with yourself of like why are you doing the things that you're doing yeah. and so specifically with the body I think we talked a lot about that stuff yeah. and th there's more than just like the active working out part to it um, but that's like kind of where we initially started. Yeah. So when you guys had that conversation, it sounds like you immediately went to the why, what's underneath everything, yeah. which is I think is always good to keep looking underneath the water level. Here's the iceberg. What's underneath? Why are we motivated to do the things we do? And so being in shape, having a good diet, being healthy, that's good. I mean, that's something that actually does bring God glory uh, if you take care of your body, you are going to be able to, it's a, it's a stewardship issue. You're going to be able to use your body and do things that you couldn't do if you weren't taking care of your body. And I know for some people, that's much easier. Even in my family, like my wife is extremely disciplined. When she sets her mind to something, she's not going to stop. She's going to be extremely diligent. I'm not as diligent as her in that area. I'm diligent in other areas that would be harder for her. But to unpack the why that's underneath it is really good because we can take something that on the surface, at least initially, looks like a good thing. I'm gonna take care of my body in order for that. But then the enemy comes in and is quick to move the eye. He's quick to cause the eye. I think Satan loves the word almost. Uh, so it's almost the right thing, but now it's just a little bit off. So what would that look like? How does the enemy slyly just move our focus so that now it's on something that's not really glory, glorifying to God, but probably more about self. What does that look like? How do you all see that in your own lives and in others? Yeah, I feel like it, I feel like the, the good things that get turned to ultimate are, are always like, that's exactly what he attacks in the, the aspect of, you know, hey, this is, this is a good thing. This is a good thing to steward your body well. This is a good thing to, um, you know, to exercise, to, and it's just that, like, the, the subtle twisting of, like, hey, you're, you're starting to get attention in one way or the other, like, that feels really good, you know, so then, therefore, like, your, it's like your presence of mind of your identity being founded in Christ and starts to become something of more of an earthly value, but you're getting immediate feedback from, like, earthly presence or earthly people, and it's the just like that kind of that subtle turning of the heart. Uh, they're more just like the, the what what he does just to like avert your, your gaze towards um, affirmation that feels 
really good if it's never been there in your life. Mm. And so when it starts, like when something that hasn't been there in your life ever then starts to get affirmed and attention comes, you know, there, there's danger. There's just danger to that in that aspect of like, okay, there's something now that's growing bigger, an identity that is growing bigger than the foundational identity of like what Christ uh, has done and is doing on our behalf. Um, yeah, it's just so subtle. Yeah, so, sorry, you take that example though. I, I loved how you talked about something that wasn't there before. So most people can look at themselves in a mirror and assess what they see. They may not be exactly accurate. I think, you know, I know, you know, even with my wife, she can see herself one way and I'm like, that is not true of you, but it doesn't really matter. How she sees herself is how she sees herself. So if somebody sees themselves, they don't like what's there, they then move toward a change. And maybe it's good and healthy, like, ah, you know, I need to, like, I'm a grandfather now. I want to be able to roll on the floor and play around with Hattie as she gets older. Okay, I need to be flexible. I need to have some core strength, things like that. Um, but if I also look in the mirror and I see, uh, you know, I'm not, you, got, you are laughing about getting older. You know, I'm like, well, you know, I'm approaching 60. You're approaching 40. You guys are in your early 30s, right? Yeah. It's like, but it also, it doesn't matter. Wherever you are, it's, it's changing. You aren't who you once were, or it's not as easy to maintain who you once were. So once that change begins to take place and people notice, just, just affirm what you said, Drew, that feels good. And all of a sudden, if you notice it, well, if I get more of that, the praise is gonna to continue to come. And it really doesn't matter how, what age you are. People continue to do this. Then if it's beginning to get lost, you're losing it, all of a sudden that begins to be a message at year two. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. And so there's nobody that's listening or watching us that doesn't relate to that at some level or another. So how do we protect ourselves from making something that is good, not the great, or an idol that really cannot ultimately bring the satisfaction we want. I've been thinking about this um, since obviously we're gonna do this and I was just thinking about verses, God's word talking about where Paul's saying, you know, I beat up my body, I make it a slave for the sake. And, and I was reading that, I was like, man, that's right in the context of talking about idolatry. Mm-hmm. Like it's right before he talks about warning against idolatry. He says, I wanna beat my body and make it my slave. And the purpose was, he says, for the sake of the gospel. Mm-hmm. And he said, like, for the sake of the gospel, I wanna do all things, I wanna be all things to all people so I might be able to save some. Mm-hmm. And so he was always thinking about, like, other people and loving other people and coming and, and teaching them about Jesus and, and bringing them to faith. Um, and, and he was even talking about his own body, like beating his body and disciplining himself. And so I just, I just think it, it's such a easy thing. Once we start seeking affirmation um, from, you know, the horizontal, from people and seek affirmation from them above anything else, then that becomes an, an idol. It becomes something that you want more of because it feels so good to mm-hmm. feel uh, attention or love um, because because we, we're physical beings. We are physical creatures. Mm-hmm. God made us with bodies. And, and I just think it, it can become such an easy thing to take our eyes off of what is most important and how we can use our bodies. And, and that is by, for the sake of the gospel. Um, that's why I wanna be healthy. But it, it, it's, it has to affect your heart. It just can't be in your mind for the sake of the gospel, I'm gonna work out. Like, that's mm-hmm. just like, you gotta really believe that. And I've been thinking about that since 
I got that phone call from Carol Ann because I was like, man, I don't work out for the sake of the gospel. Mm. I work out for the wrong reasons sometimes, and I need to check myself. So, so God's word. In, in a way, we're kind of talking about humility. I didn't expect to talk about that today, but anything that's going to bring the attention of others praising us is going to be attractive if we are not just profoundly and ultimately secure in our identity in Christ. Even being humble, which ultimately means you're not, <laughs> right? Because the consumption still is how other people are seeing me. So how do you, as it relates to physical training of the body, because um, that's the, t the subject, not just general spirituality, but the physical training of the body, how do you get to a place where you're battling that in a way where even the, um, even the battle itself or the, or the results of the battle isn't what you're see, seeking to be praised for. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay, so let's peel that back. Let's kind of move into that yeah. dynamic. What are your thoughts? You're, you're saying how does the working out physical side of it get to the point where it's, we're getting acknowledged for what we don't want to be acknowledged for? Well, so, for example, we could, we could take this conversation and be like, you know what, I'm no longer interested in people praising me for my abs or right. my chest or my biceps or my calves or whatever it is. But now I really want to continue that, but I, now I'm wanting to be praised for not caring as much about that while I still have that great body. Yeah. In other words, the layers just keep right. being un, you know, revealed that it's a lack of humility that's there because the eyes really are on. I just want praise of man yeah. no matter what it's for. Does that make sense? Yeah, I thought about the, the phrase, um, comparison is the thief of joy. And then I wanted to add this, comparison is the thief of all joy or the deposit of arrogance. That's what I was thinking about when I start comparing myself mm -hmm. and thinking about, okay, is it gonna rob me of joy because I'm comparing myself because I don't feel like I look like a certain way? Mm -hmm. Or am I depositing arrogance in myself because I do feel like I'm, I, you start thinking horizontally about every aspect of your life or especially in working out and physical, mm -hmm. then if that becomes their, your, your bar, your, 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 your standard, to like look for people's approval, then, then the humility of Christ is not gonna be in you. It's just not gonna be possible because you're just constantly thinking about yourself and comparing yourself, whether it's bringing you joy or it's bringing you this sense of arrogance that you look really good. So let's start at the base then. How easy is it for us to do those things for the praise of others? Like, we, do you, you agree that that's kind of a universal problem yeah. that most people, if they're honest, struggle with? Yeah. Okay, how do, how do you see that though? What do you think's going on? And maybe you wanna be as bold to say, well, in my mind, it's this. But if not, in other people's minds, I think it might mm -hmm. be. Um, what do you think's kind of flashing through there as they enter into the gym, or even if they're in the privacy of their own home? And, yeah, well, in, yeah. Pete, in Pete's case, he has great hair, and he, his hair is dark, and I'm gray hair. And he just needs a little bit of salt and pepper. <laughs> he just needs a little bit, like, like me us, and you. you know, just <laughs> that, that wisdom, the sign of a righteous life. I can only hope for that. <laughs> but no, you can make it this way. You too can color your hair like I do, so I can fit it with the older people of our yeah. church. Um, all right, so what, what kind of runs through your mind in other people's minds as they're engaged in this. Yeah, I, I just think we are so attracted to like good looking things mm -hmm. and people. And uh, so I think it's so easy. Uh, one of the things we talked about, and this is even outside of the working out part is you can almost give someone a chance or not based on just how they look alone. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, like me, I, I'm you know six foot plus and I have hair, I have good hair and things like that. And, I, and I'm not naive to the fact that 
because of my physical appearance, it's allowed me to either connect with other people or get a certain opportunity and things like that. And the same opportunities or people uh, to somebody who's not that, uh, I've seen not happen for them. Mm -hmm. And I think our natural inclination when you talk about the fall and sin and covering ourselves and all that, I think it all comes from that is from the start, we were then attracted to just like things that were shiny, new, and good that looks so good as people, and even scripture talks about it, like appealing to the eyes, yeah, yeah like yeah, yeah, to, yeah. to the human eye. But we know if you know if you're walking with the Lord and you're reading your scripture, we know that that He already tells us that uh, we are prone to that, and that God looks at the inward self in our hearts and things like that. But it's still like this side of heaven. I feel like that's just going to be that constant struggle. And so, like I think our natural inclination is to go well, I'm going to work out so I look good. Or people are going to go, oh, he works out, he looks good, things like that. Or um, he looks more friendly because he's just an attractive person or whatever it is. And I think, like, even that part, too, I've seen play out in my life. Uh, the, even working out of school, I'm like, uh, you know, being the tall, like, double the size of, you know, a little elementary student or whatever, or middle school, I have more of a respect and presence from them than maybe... Honestly, maybe like a female teacher or uh, someone who's not athletic or things like that. And so it's crazy how much the physical appearance and things play into everything. Yeah. And, everything. That, and that's been present as long as God has made people. Because even as you read through a scripture, it'll talk about the appearance of certain people like David, Saul, Solomon, you know, just different physical attributes that would be mentioned. And, he was handsome, you know, whatever, tall. or tall, yeah. you know, and stood out. So that's that's kind of a universal reality from the beginning of creation. But I do think there's something different about this time. Mm. I was in a conversation with a woman um, who's connected to our church. It wasn't on a podcast, but she was talking about the kind of things we have been talking about. And she says, what's interesting about this day and age, and she's probably in her late 30s, early 40s, is that God's the one who makes beauty. And we are drawn to beauty. You know, Pia, I love what you said. We just are. We're made, made for that. But who is the one who defines beauty? Right. Well, if you go back, you know, decades, and you look, for example, at old movies, and you see an individual, it's like, oh, they're, they're beautiful. They're just, they didn't need makeup. They didn't have it, really. You know, they're just beautiful. So there was, a, there was something that set apart certain people physically that just the world would say they're more beautiful. Today, though, there's so many ways in which people can enhance their beauty that that, which might have been with a few people, that the world would kind of agree that's a beautiful person, they're beautiful people. Now, so many people can pursue that and cause that to be prolonged, right? I mean, just think about you know how many people, even in their 70s, 80s, and beyond, don't. It's amazing how few women in our church have gray hair. When I preach, it's amazing. Nobody out there hardly has gray hair except a few men. So we can just prolong yeah. this idea of youthfulness. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so how does that feed into, and I'm not saying that's necessarily a bad thing, but it can become a bad thing when we become obsessed with physical appearance. Does that make sense? Yeah. What do you all think about that? Man, I love, for Drew, like for you, like, since, since going to your gym in October, I haven't been in a gym that consistently in years. And I love it because there is such a diversity 
in, 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 in people's abilities to train. And so you are touching on so many people's lives. Like I, I would love to like ask you, like what are you seeing when people come into that place and they're coming from all different walks and ages and experiences, like what are you seeing? Like are there motivators, are there goals? Or like, like what, what is it that you notice from them? Yeah, I, <clears throat> I feel like what's interesting, I, I guess almost being there is two and a half years seeing a lot of just different different age groups um you have we like the the good thing of like wanting to stay youthful and, and operational and like hey can we continue to move can we continue to move well um and people come in there uh like oh hey like this hurts this hurts can i, I want to keep moving i want like build strength so stuff like that doesn't hurt um and and then what i what i see and i even see it in my own heart and life is like you know like we we are wasting away. Like our bodies are getting older. We are decaying. Like that is that is just the natural thing. So I'm seeing kind of, you know, um, people that are ahead of me. They're like, yeah. I mean, they just they have gone through, like, you know, surgeries to try to make the knees operational again. They've gone through surgeries to make shoulders operational. You know, like, gone through just things to try to prolong the ability to hold muscle, prolong the ability to. Um, move well, which is a great thing to want to continue to move well. Um, and, and then I also see at points just a lot of like, a lot of almost like, like people are sad that they're not moving the way that they used to. And like, and then like, it, it breaks your heart. And also like, I fast forward myself, you know, today. And even now it's like, I like, it is a bummer of like, oh yeah, like, hey, I, I can't move like I did when I was 20 years old. You know, like, hey, there's there's injuries that have taken place. There's, like, I won't be going back there. Like, I will just continue to get older. And, you know, so I, I look at, like, people that I train or people that I see, and it's like, apart from, apart from the hope of Jesus and him being our anchor and, like, our flesh and our hearts are going to fail, uh, the Lord is the strength of our heart and our portion forever. And if that is not... The anchor then it's just kind of like you think about that for too long yeah. then it's like oh like your heart just starts to hurt more and more for people that just they start to feel the decaying and the wasting away of yeah. their body and like and then I'm convicted by that because again it is still hit with me of oh it would be really fun to be able to move like I did when I was 20 or 18 or whatnot it's like no things just kind of hurt now and like yeah no can't can't work out like the way that I used to be able to like love and and that like that's like sad uh at points and then it's like the Lord just continues to come after me and be like hey man like like where where are you at like where where, really like where where is your heart at because right now if that is what is getting you kind of like bummed out and sad or depressed or whatnot it's like remember that like I have placed you on this earth, and, and it is for, like, it is for my glory, yeah. not for like how well you can move or how, yeah. you know, like good at you are, you are at these things. And it's just like his continual, like specifically to me, like coming after me of like, hey, yeah, like remember, like you are mine, and I'm coming after you, and and I I, I desire your heart to be fixed on me and not on. <laughs> not on what you maybe used to, could have done right. or not on 
like what you see other people doing. Um, and obviously he just, he continues to come after. But and that so, was, what you said, was, what got me was the sadness because I think for at least someone like me who has always wanted to be active, the, f the feeling of sadness because I can't do the things I wanted to do, I'm having to recalibrate my mind and, re and even remember like phrases in 1 Corinthians 6 where it's like your body is not your own. You've been bought with a price, so honor God with your body. And so now I'm in a, like I, I wouldn't have thought about that phrase um, other than in light of like sexual morality and the things that you were supposed to do with our bodies to honor God sexually. I'm thinking about it now in honoring God with working out and eating right and and doing that because my body is not my own. It's a stewardship thing and I wanna honor God with my body. And frankly, I can't do the things that I could do anymore. And so now I just gotta just be thankful and feel the sense of just gratitude that God has given me this body and, and not be so sad about the things I can't do and be thankful for the things I can do. Um, Cause I do wanna be a grandfather, be able to roll around play. Like one of my dreams is for my son I'm not even close to being a grandfather, by the way, but like my son is seven and I've told him, buddy, one of my hopes for, for us, um, at least for sports, is I would love for you to come play basketball with my group of guys that I play basketball with that are gonna be, you know, they range right now from 22 to 50 something. And I, I want you to play in, in, in 10 years with me. Mm -hmm. And he's like, yeah, yeah, dad. And I'm like, all right, God, please take care of my body because I, 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 I wanna be able to do that with him. You know, so it's just like, having your mind fixed on the right things mm -hmm. as you're trying to take care of your body. And you said the word sad, Drew, and I'm just like, man, I totally get that. Like, you gotta get out of that and, and start thinking about the right thing. So let's talk about that for a minute. And I thought about the, about the word lament, you know, just as a way of people seeing themselves and lamenting who they once were. Yeah. My, like my wife, for example, talk about corpus, so she's going there with Kara, our oldest daughter, Drew's wife working out once a week, maybe every other week, and then doing some things at home. We're walking together a lot, it's great. But I'll tell you right now, as much as she values physical fitness and wants to be in shape, and she's beautiful, uh, the way she sees herself and what motivates her is I'm not the same woman I was when I was 20, 25, 30, 35. I wanna get that back. I don't hmm. like how it's like, okay. Yeah. As believers, yeah. We can, like the rest of the world, say, oh, I hate what, the, what life, what aging is doing to my body. Yeah. And one day, guys, it won't be about your body anymore. I just left a lunch today with a man in our church who's saying, I, my mind's not firing right. Mm. You know, I'm losing the ability to remember and those things. And it's like, mm, you know, that's, that's sad. And it's probably not a disease. Right. You know, it's just the reality of aging. So it'll change to something else. As believers we have to think about these things different from the world, which really shouldn't be sadness, mm -hmm. as much as the um, peace that comes from an identity that's greater than the physical appearance, greater than the gifts themselves, uh, greater than abilities. It's the identity I'm, as being the beloved sons of the living God, beloved, beloved daughters of the living God. How can that, at various ages and stages of life, be so central to us that we can actually work out and work out hard? Yeah. You know, beat our bodies in an appropriate way. Be a strong, yeah. flexible, sharp mentally, diet-wise healthy, and not do it for the glory of self or the praise of man, but for the glory of God. Because that's what we as believers have that the world doesn't. Right. How can we generate that 
so they had a conversation like this isn't primarily on, man, this is just hard and I'm so sad about that way. But no, no, he has given us the power because of his spirit living in our lives that we can actually think about this right and do it right, right. by his grace and for his glory. What do you think about that? So I've thought about, and I don't want to hear your thoughts, Pete, but you know, you and I talked about your first verse you ever memorized, and it was my second verse I ever memorized. It was Galatians 2.20, mm-hmm. and I was like, I have been crucified with Christ, no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And I've thought about that because my body was crucified with Christ. Like, my body truly was crucified, and I no longer live, but he lives in me. And so this idea that, like, if I'm going to offer my body as a living sacrifice— holy and pleasing to him, like my, my daily life is one of sacrifice to where I'm thinking about my body, not for myself, but for others. Like I'm, I'm, I'm truly thinking, and, and that's hard to do, but like that's, it's gotta be this mindset where God's word is informing my mind and transforming my heart to saying, okay, my body is not my own and I've got to honor God with my body and daily sacrifice. And some of those sacrifices are, I mean, this can kind of go into like the way I think about like working out. I was like, a sacrifice I'm going to make is I'm going to wake up at 5 a.m. and I'm going to get after it. And I'm going to work out because I know I need to and it's good for me. And, and then I can get home and be with my kids and do my job and have energy and then go to bed like at 7. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, like so because it's, it's, it's a long day. You get dinner, it. dinner at Louie's at four, you know. <laughs> the Louie Ann half plate. Come on, let's go. But yeah, that's my thought on it. Yeah. No, I think, I think that is spot on. And, and if we shift from the working out part of insecurity, you're working out of insecurity, you're working out of what you wish you once were, what you wish your, the size of something was, whatever it is, when we shift from that to that, it then connects, I think, the spiritual side and emotional side that all flow. And you talk about your buddy who he's mentally starting to forget. Mm-hmm. Like I think the physical element, when you add the spiritual side of it, and that is your recognition, it only helps the emotional and mental side of things too. And, and so I think it's just gearing out of that like self-focused lens. If we have the mentality that we've just talked about the past couple of minutes, well, then everything we do is flowing from a place of I want to make God known. I want my life to reflect that. And so, like uh, you're you're running a gym that's not empty. You're you're running it because it's full of people who are trying to train themselves. And you're also there to help maybe shift a mentality too, for the same reason that you're passionate about fitness and working out. Because though we're humans and we're going to acknowledge our insecurities and things like that, I shift from okay, well I'm working out now to do all those things and also connect like that. It's not just because of the physical appearance. It's this physical workout and intensity mm. to my body also helps how I function with my brain and my spiritual side connecting those things mm. and being able to use that with the platform that I have and w- welcoming students who want to work out in with me, yeah. uh, going to play literally anything because then it's another opportunity there where you're like, yeah. yeah, I can do all these things with these people who maybe we don't share faith in common, but they're going to see something's different. And so I think if we just shift from that like inward focus of look at me, uh, you know, it's all about me to the to the focus of, it's all about everything else and what the Lord has done in our own heart to then be able to do and share these things with everybody else, then I think that's a sustainable lifestyle because you will get exhausted and burnt out. And I've gone through phases too where I love working out and I love it so much, but there are times that I've gone six months to a year because I just was not viewing it right. And mm-hmm. like I was that's going... Good 
man, I'm not what I once was, and now it's gonna take forever to get back there, and that's all I want is to look like I once was, mm -hmm. and that's just not it's sustainable. It's not healthy, mm -hmm. and so that shift into the like, no, you know what? The physical appearance is gonna work itself out. You know, you'll fluctuate here and there. Something might look a little different here and there based on the type of workouts you're doing, but it's not about that. It's about everything else that I get to do because of what the Lord's doing in my heart mm -hmm. and things like that. So I'm imagining right now a number of different people who are listening or watching this podcast. And some of them can see the three of you and they can see me. Uh, they know which one of us is older. They also know which one of us doesn't work out as much as the other three. A lot of people watching this might be, you know, diligent. They love exercise, comes easy to them. Then there's going to be a handful of others who don't relate to that. It's just like drinking dirt. It's never fun. And that's me. I don't love extra, I love playing. So, I mean, I wish I could still play football once a week. I would do it, I'd probably be in better shape. Um, I don't mind riding a bike, I like some of those things, but in terms of just being like, man, I can't wait to get to the gym, and, and I've always been that way. The only time I really loved it was when I played you know, football in high school in a very competitive place. Um, since then, it's like, that's never been easy. That's a lot of people in our world. So they're like, well, that's neat for those guys They have that struggle, I just have to kind of accept where I'm at. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important because what we're not wanting to communicate is that the, the, the world standard or even the American standard of what physical beauty looks like is this, right? I think it's gotta always come back to what does God's word say? How does God define what matters most? And if we are abiding in him and we're in his word and we're really making sure our identity in him is ultimate, all these other things work themselves out. And Pete, when you, you said something a minute ago that made me think about that, really just the way in which our eyes are focused on what we're doing or why we're doing what we're doing. And you mentioned Galatians 2.20. So it was actually the second verse I ever memorized too because the first one was 2 Corinthians 5.17 from the topical memory system. But the whole reason, I was 15 and a half, a brand new Christian, the whole reason I memorized those verses was so that the man who led me to Christ would praise me for memorizing those verses, right? So this is not just about the physical. It's also about any idol that we put before us that says, I'm going to feel affirmation and praise from somebody for this. Okay, so here's where I want to go. When the Lord's voice is loud enough, when the Lord's voice is, even if it's gentle, is louder than the audience that we're imagining, all of a sudden, these things are not as hard as we make them. And I think a lot of times for Christians, we make this battle, which is not easy. I'm not saying it's easy so much more intense because we almost act like it's impossible for us mm. to actually think rightly about these things. And it's not because we've been given the power of his word, the power of his spirit living in us, and the promise that whoever hungers and thirsts for righteousness will be filled. We can have confidence that as we pray to the Lord and ask him to turn our eyes, Psalm 119, turn my eyes from looking at worthless things. Well, Worthless things, there's a long list of those, but one of them is the praise of man. And the reason that's a worthless thing is because it's insatiable, right? Um, I'm sure at some point in your life you've been praised for your physical attributes. You've been praised for your discipline. You've been praised for any number of things. So was that enough? Did that make you say, I never need that again? And it will never be enough. Do you know why it's insatiable? Because it is. So as believers, we have this powerful reality that the one voice that matters most has already spoken over us. And he's told us, this is who you are now, and this is who you are forever. 
So how does that reality for those who trusted Christ powerfully, not just casually or quietly, powerfully, at least potentially, I should say, powerfully inform the way you think about waking up at five in the morning? Yeah. See, if I said that right now, I get up at five in the morning, I would have said that so that people would be like, wow, he gets up at five in the morning and works out. Yeah. Um, but I don't. So I'd probably say something, well, if he works out at five in the morning, I open my Bible because yeah. physical training is of some value, but godliness <laughs> is higher, right? So that is a scripture, by the way, that I have used out of context inappropriately many times saying, I'm not going to the gym because I'm going to memorize the book of Galatians, not just 220. All right, I'm on a rant. Um, what do you think about that, that powerful presence of that voice and that identity really shaping the way we think about all these things. I want to quickly say one thing before y'all, because that's, I think, um, we are so often building things up in our head that are a thousand times worse in our head yeah. than it actually is, whether it's conflict with somebody that you know, whether it's really you just name anything, that we just build it and build it up in our head, and all we're doing is having a conversation with ourselves. I call those imaginary conversations. Yeah, and you're exactly yeah. right. Yeah, and, and what you just said is spot on where it's like, we need to take that and then apply it to what you just said with abiding in Him and God's Word and what He said to us when you talk about the Lord speaking loudly but gently. Like That's exactly how it's done. And so we just build, 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 but we never turn to what God says about it yeah. or, or we quickly forget to do that. And I think that is like the big shift there as believers. But... Yeah, I can get into my own mind castle is what I say. I get my mind castle and I start building up in this castle false messaging and things that are not true of who I am and these 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 things, these phrases, these people that over the course of my 41 years that I, I have allowed to enter into my brain and my mind and I've made them more important than what God's word says. And I say... Yeah, them, man, what, what they said about my legs, like I, I have not let that go. Or what they've said about like this, I can't let that go. And it's like the, the words of man have become more important than the words of God. And I think that's, and that's what I love, Mark, with the way that you lead us here is just constantly reminding us that we are the beloved son and daughter of the living God. And like that is all, that's our primary identity. That's the only identity that matters. And we take all these other identities and just put them in our mind castle and we just make them ultimate. Mm. And unless we really believe and by the Spirit's help and conviction and God's word to believe that truly that, that he sees us as enough, that we are enough, that we, we, we are worthy and loved. Um, yeah, we're going to keep on struggling with that. Mm. And it's going to be hard. I love that, uh, that idea of mind castles. You know, that's really, that's really helpful. You know, I am. Um, I think in my own story, I can use humor as a way of being disobedient to God. Um, Self-deprecating humor, a lot of times, even as it relates to this topic, I've confessed on you know more than one of these podcasts that how I have treated my body physically has not been honoring to the Lord. You know, from diet to just laziness as it relates to it. I have a pretty high metabolism, so I don't mm. necessarily gain That's weight nice. fast. It is, but it's slowing down. And you know, we talked about doing this podcast with our shirts off. My <laughs> wife, my wife said no. Um, it's because I'm not tan enough. Um, especially if I sit next to Pete. Oh my goodness. Oh, so anyway, the dynamic of this though is God really has created um, our bodies, and it's amazing. Just the gift of of His creation. 
He's also given us a word that really describes the way we're supposed to live. And any time we move towards disobeying God, rejecting his word, whatever you know, area of life it might be, um, there's kind of a violent reaction to that. And it's not violence like you might think about it. I'm reading a book about the Sabbath where he talks about when we disobey the Sabbath. And I'm not talking about strict Sabbatarian rule, but just the idea of our body needing rest. We become violent people because we're not taking care of our body. Therefore, we're not in the best position to be able to take care of other people, for example. I think that's a powerful way of saying it. And one of the things that I've done, um, which is not godly, it, it certainly isn't godly, it's not holy, is to use humor, even as I've done on this podcast, to kind of deflect that. When Drew and Kara were dating, I mean, Drew, how many times did I stand up at an event, whether it was a rehearsal dinner or whatever, and say, you know, they say you marry your father because Drew, if you're not watching, has an incredible body. Um, it's genetics. Um, see, there I go again, it's humor. But I, I use that joke over and over again and people would laugh. But truth is, it's not wrong to make that joke or laugh that way. But it is if I'm like, I don't need to do anything. I don't need to watch my diet. Oh, that's, not, that's not helpful. That's, that's actually sinful too. I think each person just kind of moving down, maybe, I know we gotta land the plane here. If they're a believer, needs to find great hope and power in the fact that we are the beloved sons and daughters of the living God. That's it. It's your primary identity now, and it's your permanent identity, which means forever, and after you die, forever. It's the only identity that you take with you into heaven. In heaven, I will not be a pastor. In heaven, it's interesting what the Bible says about husbands and wives, all those things, but I will be a beloved son of the living God just as the three of you will be. With that being said, how the Lord wants us to bring him glory with our physical body really does start with the eyes, doesn't it? Yeah. It really does start with how we see him, who we are in him, what his word says, and then seeking to be obedient to his word. So as we close, I'd love to hear from each of you just for a moment. How, how do you think, even with maybe what you've shared or heard today, how do you, or what are practical ways you think you could move towards um, anchoring yourself in that reality even when you see your body wasting away or the opposite. You see the fruit yeah. of the diligence that God gives you and so do other people. Yeah. So they're like, man, John Paul, I love your legs. Yeah. Where did you get those calf implants? Yeah. Hmm. You know, things like that. So yeah. how would you keep that for those uh, not watching? That was a joke. Um, how do you keep your eyes focused on the right thing? Practically speaking, what goes through your mind? I think what's going through my mind like, is almost like the, the constant exercising of gratitude to the Lord of what he, like, what he has allowed, what he like, allows, um, has allowed us to do and to like, you know, to use the bodies and it all, it all starts from him. And like John Paul said earlier, like, we were bought with the price. He has created us and the gratitude of like, I, I just have to sit in the gratitude of like, hey, like I've, I've given you, I've given you the ability to move and I've given you the ability to like, to do this to, you know, to move my instrument, to help people. And he's like, and I can also like, I can take it away from you. Like I really can. And you remember that Drew. Like you remember that in specific areas and seasons of your life where like, I did take it away because you wouldn't let it go. And, and so just like the, the constant reminder of like, like I'm a beloved son of him and that he does in a beautiful way come after, come after us. And like the, the, the anchoring of just like 
of, of I've got to sit in gratitude with him of what he has allowed uh, and, and allows me to do. Um, and, then, and then realizing it's like, hey, as soon as, as soon as my gaze gets taken off of him, it's like, you know, you know what happens in your mind. You know what happens like just in the way that you think, the, the, where your mind goes um, towards just negative, negative thoughts, the wishing something was, was different than she could do things that you used to be able to do. Um, if my heart goes away from gratitude, if my heart goes away from his, what he has done in my heart and life, um, it's, yeah, it, it just, I know where that goes and it's, it's, it's not good. Uh, and when it does, I, I think it's really important for people to know as believers, when our mind does go the wrong way, which it will, um, where's the Lord? He's right there. When we repent, which means to turn, it's not a long distance back to God. He's right there, which I think is a sweet thing to remember because sometimes the shame moves in and also sit there. And Drew, I don't know if you meant to do that, but the play on words, when I exercise, did you hear that? Gratitude. I love that. I don't know if you did it on purpose. That, that could be preaching. Anyway, that is important. In Gratitude, Ruthless Trust, a book by Brendan Manning, he says, the greatest attribute of a trusting disciple is gratitude. How does that connect to this conversation? Well, if I'm not trusting him, if I'm not trusting in what he says about who I already am and who I will be, then I'm going to be looking for something else, okay? And so gratitude is one of those things that really does, you know, generate that constant sense of identity. It's also really powerful in what you said about it being taken away. Because sometimes when it is taken away, and I remember the last time our staff, all staff football game, we played. Yes. I threw, I was quarterback because the quarterback doesn't have to run that much. Um, and he has a good arm. I, that's actually true, <laughs> you know, it. by God's grace. By anyway, God's grace. I zipped one to Drew, and one of the less athletic people on our staff, I won't say his name, but his initials, just kidding. Um, <laughs> Drew drilled, they ran into each other, and it, busted up your knee, you know, and you were taken out for a little while because of that. Yes, and, I remember that. And we have not had an all-staff football game no. since then. I ruined so. it. I'm sorry. I know. That was I so funny. Chad Struggs took your knee out. That uh, <laughs> was not. Wasn't you, anyway, I, was, <laughs> I give the first name. But that's helpful. Gratitude in the midst of it. I'm able to do this. Or even if something happens where you're not. Yeah. Gratitude that God gives you the endurance and strength to persevere through a setback. How about you, John Paul? I, I just go back, and I had never thought about that verse in, until I read it recently, that when Paul's talking about beating his body and then talking about the idea of, I do it all for the sake of the gospel. Uh, me, personally, I'm, I care a lot about relationships. I care a lot about people. And You're good I, at that. Thank you, by God's grace. And I want to continue to be in people's lives. And I think if, if I think about this, you asked about the practical the practical outworkings of all this. If I continue in my 40s thinking about why am I doing what I'm doing is for the sake of the gospel, then I can continue to work hard in, in whatever that looks like and, and I'm doing it for the right reasons. I want people to know Jesus and the relationships that I build through exercising even, mm -hmm. just talking about that, it's important. Mm -hmm. It's very important. And I remember my wife, uh, we used to work at Presby Hospital uh, in cardiac rehab. Mm. And the patients that came in, some from some of the doctors that are here at our church, um, the patients that would come in to begin a new journey into working out, mm -hmm. it was because their hearts were broken. Mm -hmm. 
and their hearts were completely just like destroyed and they needed to change because they knew their heart was messed up. I, I know that's kind of this physical thing, but I think it's a spiritual thing. When you know your heart is messed up mm-hmm. and, and you know that it needs to be fixed, you run to the Redeemer and then you can begin to start running. Mm-hmm. Running to Christ and then begin to take seriously all the benefits that God's given to you, yeah. which is your body. Mm-hmm. And have a, have a attitude of gratitude. I hate that phrase, but I think it works. Huh. Um, so that, that's a practical part for me. No, that's helpful. I love that. Pete, how yeah. about you? Yeah, I love what you said, the gratitude part. And I, it's what we talked about is thank you for the things I do have versus the things that you wish you had. Uh, so I love that. Um, for me, I think uh, practically things that I've done before would be uh, you memorize scripture between a set. If, you know, for those who do work out, things like that, uh, you listen to a podcast, maybe this one. Mm-hmm. Um, you, nice listen, you, you listen to worship music uh, and what it's doing is it's shifting the thing that everybody does maybe but it's it's giving a more eternal perspective of giving God the glory and recognizing and things and so it's not like an everyday thing necessarily but you're asking for practical ways especially starting out maybe it's I, I'm not a runner but maybe it's you go out and you walk for a mile you should be doing that yeah, I remember that yeah and What's funny is uh, about a month and a half, two months in, I'm like, oh, maybe I should run. And I ran. I'm like, oh, that didn't go so bad. And now I've increased the running, and I hate running. And so just even things like that um, where it's like whatever you can do. I have a grandpa who's 90. He walks around this little lake thing three times. That's it. That's all he does. But he's 90, and he's doing that because he recognizes uh, his physical body matters he's got grandkids to love on things still Mm -hmm. so it's like it doesn't matter what it is you're trying to start or change or whatever it you know the practical like memorize scripture podcasts all you can do that working out you can do that on a walk uh if it's in the morning and you're like praying you can go walk and pray Mm -hmm. and so there there are so many ways honestly to not make an excuse to do it if you want to really be about it Mm -hmm. and and i think we can make excuses, and I've been there, but there really, if you want it, there really isn't. There, there's so many ways that you can take all these things and give an eternal perspective yeah. and acknowledge God gets the glory in all these things. Mm, that's really, really helpful. Well, as we wrap up, first of all, just thank you for your time. I'm really grateful. I've learned a lot, actually, and there's a lot to chew on. I love the depth at which the three of you are thinking about all of that. For those listening um, or watching, you, you, the dynamic of being in this with the Lord clearly, but also with others, I think is also substantial. And I'd love to end on that note. Just whenever you are trying to change something about your life um, for the glory of God, let's just say that, for the glory of God, you're cha- wanting to change something, it's really important to have others walk with you. You know, Drew, what you're doing in terms of your own career um, is training people, which is so important, and I'm not saying everybody needs a trainer, but I do think everybody needs others who are encouraging them along that journey with whatever changes they're seeking to make in their life. Whether it's physical, you know, about the diet, about exercise, or it's about some other habit that's not necessarily physical, but it's having a physical impact. It could be addiction to food or to drink or to some other substance. And we, as a church, like the whole church, wanna come alongside people to say, hey, we wanna help you any way we can. And we really can, with the power of the Spirit, make changes. It may seem small at first, but then all of a sudden there's strides 
that take place. We're gonna sing a song this coming Sunday, which is Mother's Day, you know, it's March, or it's May 15th, we're recording this on May 12th, or it'll be, it'll be May 14th on Sunday. Um, there's this great hymn, it's the last Sunday of Easter, so this is where we are in the season of the year, it's the last Sunday of Easter, and this beautiful hymn has this statement that says, you are gaining ground. And the things that I think are so important for us to remember as believers is that because of the promise Jesus made, um, he who started the work in us is gonna bring it to completion, we are gaining ground. A conversation like this actually reveals that. Things we take away from this conversation, the four of us as well as those listening or watching, we're gaining ground. One of the ways we see that take place is when we are humbly submitting ourselves to the Lord and what He has said, what He has promised. So often we run to the commands that He's given or the, um, you know, the exhortations that He's given. Those are important, they're God's words too, but there's something that must be even louder than that, and that is the identity, yeah. who we are in Him. It's from that place that we move towards all these things for His glory. Thank you guys each for your time and just the life that you're living. I love that. I love seeing the radiance of Christ in you. That's a great encouragement to me. Thanks, Mark. Yeah. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed uh, time with these three guys. Um, if you really desire to live your life for Christ uh, and you don't have a relationship with him, you've never rested and received in Jesus, all you have to do is pray to him. Ask the Lord Jesus to rescue you, to save you from sin. We all have done that by his grace and for his glory. If that's something that you are making a decision for, send an email to us or call us and let us come and walk alongside you and encourage you with how you might begin to grow in that relationship. If there's some part of your life where you're like, I'd like to grow in terms of my own vision, God's vision for my body, for my health, and it's just a struggle, reach out to us. Again, deeplight at pcpc.org. We'd love to give you resources that could help connect you with others who could walk alongside with you and whatever changes you seek to make for the glory of God. Uh, we are so thankful for who we are in Christ and the life that that gives us. You can tell if you've watched any of these episodes that we know we're not perfect people. We are desperate for the Lord. I love what John Paul said about the heart. We all know that our hearts um, are dead, corrupt, wicked until the Lord saves us and gives us a new heart. We'd love to share more of that with you. God bless, thanks again for watching. Thank you guys. Thank you for listening to the Deep Light Podcast from Park City's Presbyterian Church. We would love for you to be our guest this Sunday morning as we gather together for worship at 8, 9.30, or 11 a.m. We are located in the Uptown Dallas area at the corner of Oaklawn Avenue and Wycliffe Avenue. To find out more, please visit pcpc.org.